0: But I am very excited to talk to you about seed digging. And I was, as I was driving here, I, I began to think about if I could summarize seed digging for you in just a few words, I would tell you that seed digging really is a, a simple way to help people discover the true essence of who they were created to be. And when people understand that, it changes everything. When you and I understand that, it makes our world a better place to live. And when children understand that, it truly can change their future. So what I want to do today is I want to encourage and motivate you because if you are working with children in any way, shape, or form, as a parent, as a school teacher, as a child care worker in the church, youth group, minister, um, you really hold one of the most powerful positions on the planet. You have the ability to truly change a child's life. And so that's what I want to, I want to start by doing. The next thing I want to do is I want to help you identify the needs behind the deed, the deeds of children, what motivates them, what drives them to do the things that they do, um, and then I want to talk about just simple ways that you can simple things that you can say and do um, that can help address the needs behind the deed and uh, and help actually re- um, De-escalate situations when children have extreme emotional or behavioral issues um, and also prevent explosions, okay? So to start with, once again, I want to start with you. And I want to talk about um, you for a few minutes and just find out how you're feeling and how you're doing in your role of working with children, okay? And I want to start off by saying that you are important and your feelings matter. Um, So... Um, feelings are also universal. Um, there's really no um, shame in the way you feel. You know, sometimes people say you shouldn't feel that way. I remember growing up hearing that a lot. A lot, you shouldn't feel that way. But think about the last time you were upset. When you feel a certain way, you feel a certain way. Children are the same way. Okay. So I want you, as we do this little exercise, I want you to begin to realize that the way you feel matters and important is important and it is okay all right um the other thing i'm going to do is i'm going to give you a safe way to express your feelings okay and we're going to do a little exercise i'm going to put a series of statements on the overhead and as i go through each one of those i want you to begin to think about how do i really feel about that statement if i feel if you feel positive about that statement I want you to simply smile, okay? Now, if you only feel a little bit positive about the statement, give me just a little fake or half smile, okay? That will work. But if you feel really positive about the statement, I want to see your pearly whites, okay? All right, Tim, try that again. Let me see your your pearly whites. Perfect. You got this down. He's got this down. Okay, so if you feel negative about a statement, I want you to express yourself. Feel free to express yourself, okay? If you feel just a little bit negative about the statement, you can just kind of frown a little bit. But if you feel really negative about the statement, Alan, you can just let it all go, okay? Just let it go. You can make a noise if you need to make a noise. Um, now, sometimes um, you might see a statement up there that just really brings something out in you. Okay. And so even though you may feel like smacking your neighbor, um, in the back of the head, um, I'm trying to give you a safe way to do that. Okay. It's okay to feel that way, but our hands aren't for hitting. Okay. So you want to use your face to safely express your feelings. Okay. So here we go. Oh, the other thing is, is when I put the statement up there, I'm gonna read it, I'm gonna to count to three, and then I want you to go ahead and express how you feel. Is it a positive or negative statement to you? See, they're demonstrating that for you. Perfect little faces. Okay, first statement, now begin to think about how do I really feel about this statement? This is a Saturday. I wish I was still sleeping, okay, now remember, there is no shame or guilt in the way that you feel. If you really feel that way, it is okay, alright, so when I count to three, I want you to express for me how you feel, I see some people laughing already, this is going to be fun, (laughs) When, when when I count to three, I want you to show me on your faces how you feel in regard to that statement, okay, here we go, one, two, three, okay, cool, see that wasn't hard, was it, right? Okay, y'all did good. All right, here's the next statement. I have so many other things I need to be doing. I Sorry, I thrashed that. I have so many other things I need to be doing right now. Okay, on the count of three. One, two, three. Got some people that are honest. That's good, that's good. Okay, now here's the next one. And when I read this one out loud, this might challenge you a little bit, okay? So really dig deep and just be honest. Honest, okay. This next statement might be kind of hard to answer. Okay, I would rather be in the Bahamas. Okay, on the count of three, I want to see how you feel about that statement. One, two, three. I got. (laughs) I even got some noise out of that. That's awesome. Okay, very, very good job. I also see that we have some liars in here. So, um, but but it's okay because remember, it's okay to feel the way that you feel. I'm just kidding. Okay. Here's another one. The problem with children these days is is that they just need more discipline. Is that a positive statement or a negative statement? Here we go. One, two, three. Okay, okay. All right, good job. And then here's one more. I love children, but sometimes they make me want to pull my hair out. Is that a positive statement or a negative statement? Here we go. (laughs) One, two, three. Okay, good job, good job. All right, so I just want to remind you once more that your feelings are okay. There really is no shame and guilt in the way that you feel, okay? Um, Now, I'm going to present just a few more questions, and these are a little bit more serious in nature. So if you want to use your facial expressions um, to vent about how you feel in regard to the statements, that's absolutely fine, but you don't have to. Okay. Okay, I want you to begin to think about when you work with children, whether in, in class, in the church, in the youth ministry, or in a classroom at school, or if you're a parent, sometimes with your own children. Have you ever really thought... This kid is so rotten, I just want to get him through this class so I can pass him to the next teacher. Or I just want to get him out of my house. Have you ever felt that way before? Okay, here's the next one. When working with children, have you ever thought, this kid will be lucky if he doesn't end up in prison? <laughs> have you ever thought that? Once again, you're not bad if you have thought that or if you have felt that way. All right, now here's, a, here's, a, here's one that... Uh, I think at one point or another in our lives we felt or we will feel. Have you ever thought, I really want to help these kids, but I feel helpless. I just don't know what else to do. Do you ever have those tough kids in your class or your children seem very tough at times and you just feel helpless and you don't know what to do? Okay, and then last one. Do you ever feel like you're swimming in deep water trying to hold their head above water just to help them survive and get through the day. Have you ever felt that way? I'm going to present a real case scenario of a 15-year-old boy who was a pretty tough kid. Um, he had lots of issues and lots of emotional and behavioral pr- um, problems. Um, he was, had a lot of anger outbursts, very defiant Uh, His teachers reported he wouldn't do the things in class they needed him to do. He didn't do his homework. He gave his dad issues at home. Um, He always had the attitude of, I don't care. Chip on his shoulder. One of those kids that are just tough, okay? True, true story. Um, If you had this child in your class, or if this was your child at home, um, I want you to just think about two questions. Would you try to hold his head above water, Or would you actually believe that you could help him get to the shore and thrive? Would you help him survive? Would you be helping him survive? Or would you really believe that you could help him thrive and move forward? Um, I want to remind you, once again, that you hold one of the most powerful positions on the planet if you have a child in your care. Because your words and actions truly can make a difference. You never know when you're going to encourage that child in your care to become the next president of the United States. You never know when you're the one that encourages the child who will grow up one day and be a great doctor and find a cure for every form of cancer. You know, and you never know when you're going to be the one who encourages that child who has An amazing gift to draw people in, but it's really, really tough. You never know when you're going to be the one to encourage that child to grow up and not be another Hitler, but to become another Billy Graham. To use his gift to benefit the world. I'm getting ready to, um, I'm going to ask them to play a video. And as we play this video, I want you to begin to just put yourself in the shoes of this teacher. It's actually a classroom teacher, but in any time you're working with children, you are a teacher, you're a role model. Your own children or in any school, church, you are a role model to them. So I want you to begin to um, watch this video and put yourself in the shoes of the teacher. Would you think that you could help this child survive or would you really believe that you could help him thrive? Okay. I want you all to know that I really believe with everything in me. It is within every one of you to be like Miss Thompson, to take those 15-year-old boys that are tough and those Teddy Stoddards in the world and take them from from surviving to thriving. I believe it's in every one of you. But the first thing that you have to do is you have to believe that. You have to know that it is within you to do that. The second thing you have to do is you have to begin to see life differently. You have to begin to believe, um, see the world in a new perspective. I'm wanting to, I want to show you a new perspective that I took on a few years ago that truly has transformed my life. It has made me a better mom, it's improved my parenting skills, it's made me a better wife, I say that, it's made our, our relationship grow. It's helped me in my abilities as a manager at work and my abilities as a counselor because I began to see people differently and I began to see myself differently. So I want to invite you to share in this new perspective. And it's a very easy, simple perspective of life. Suppose for a moment that we all have gardens and in our gardens, weeds and flowers grow. The weeds and flowers represent those actions in our lives, um, the things that we do. And every weed and flower starts out as a tiny seed that was planted when we believe things that were either true or false about our lives. If we believe something true about our lives, a happy seed gets planted. When we believe things that are not true about our lives, a sad seed gets planted. And as we grow up, those seeds will get watered each time those beliefs are reinforced. And eventually, they will grow into a weed. Or a flower and that's exactly how we are everything we believe will have an action we are the things we do are driven because of the things that we believe okay very true story now I want to take a second to bring this to real life and give you an example suppose a child is at home one day and his dad tells him that he's stupid if that child believes it sad seed just got planted in his garden And the little boy goes to school. And when he gets to school, the teacher asks a question. And he answers it, but he answers incorrectly. And so the other kids laugh at him. What do you think happened to that seed? Just got watered, right? The belief that I'm stupid is now a bigger belief that I'm stupid. And there will be an action resulting from what that little boy believes. Um, That little boy is going to be less likely to raise his hand in class. If um, the teacher's reviewing for a test and he needs to know something, He's probably not going to raise his hand because he believes he's stupid. He doesn't want everybody else to know it, right? And so there will be an action. <clears throat> Excuse me. He'll be more likely to get behind in his grades, right? Poor grades. And then the spiral will continue. That little boy is going to be more likely to do drugs and alcohol when he gets older um, as a way to validate who he is and make himself feel important because he believes he's stupid. He needs something to make him feel better. Um, the opposite is true. If you have, suppose a little girl's at home and her parents tell her how wonderful she is and how smart she is and she believes that, a little happy seed gets planted in her garden. When she goes to school, if the teacher asks a question and she answers wrong and the kids laugh, it doesn't matter. She knows who she is. She believes in herself. She's going to keep asking questions. So if the teacher's, you know, reviewing for a test and, and she needs to know, she's going to raise her little hand and she's going to continue to grow in knowledge. That happy seed will have a reaction, right? She's gonna be more likely to get good grades, get scholarships, and the rest is history. So you can see how seeds can have huge impacts on our lives, right? I didn't say this, but the little girl with the happy seed is probably gonna be less likely to try drugs and alcohol because she knows who she is. She doesn't need that to validate who she is or make her feel important or needed. Now I wanna go to the story with um, the 15-year-old boy, and I want to talk to you about what was going on behind the scenes. What seed was in his life that was causing the reactions, the weeds, the problems that he was experiencing? I want to, um, as I talk to you about his story, I want you to begin, uh, what I hope to do is help you identify the need behind the deed. Give you kind of some x-ray goggles to see what's going on. Instead of just seeing the surface as we tend to do, let's look a little bit deeper, okay? Okay. Okay, um, just to kind of give you a little bit of an idea um, of what what I do, I use the technique sig-digging in more of a one-on-one setting, kind of like you all do here with freedom prayer. It's really um, a, a huge... It is freedom prayer is really what it is. It's just a different type. And and we're going to talk about that later in the workshop this afternoon. But what seed digging is, is we look for the root. We we follow the weeds and try to figure out what is driving that behavior. And then once we find it, we ask truth to come, and we pull that weed out and that seed out, and we plant a happy seed. Okay, that's what we do. Um, This one particular kid was having lots of issues, and his therapist called me, And said, Shauna, let's see dig with him. I'm stuck. I don't know what to do. I need help. So I went over there, and um, we started digging with this child. And within a few minutes, he had painted this horrific scene for us of a memory he had of when he was four years old. And he began to share with us that he remembered a scene when he was, his parents were fighting. They were in a horrible fight. And his dad was in a violent rage. And his dad tried to hit his mom, but missed and hit his older brother. So his, little bro- his older brother's over there bleeding and crying. And I get emotional talking about this. And his mom is over there screaming, saying, I'm going to leave, I'm going to leave. And so this little boy is watching this, this, seri- this scenario. And he sees his brother bleeding. And he runs over there. And he tries to make it better. And then he runs to his mama And he begs for her not to leave. And so he begins to believe, I have to fix this. I have to fix this. He's four years old. So that was one of the seeds that got planted in his garden that day. I have to fix this. Let me take a moment to help you understand what was happening. That's called illogical thinking. Children's brains aren't as developed as ours. And so they they can quickly draw um, false conclusions. And that's what happened with that little boy. Let me give you a real quick example of that. Um, If a child sees a red car crash into a wall, it's very likely that 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 child will think, all red cars crash, I'm never getting into a red car, car because I don't want to crash and die. And so you can imagine a couple months later, if that mama, maybe a friend comes over and tries to get that that child in the red car, the child is kicking and screaming, thinking, I'm not getting into a red car, red cars crash, I'm not going to crash and die, right? But because little children do not have the vocabulary and the verbiage that you or I have, He is communicating the way he knows how, and what is that? A tantrum. I'm not getting in the red car. And the mom's spanking him, trying to get him in the red car. That happens so often. I've been guilty of things like that before, but it's very, very true. Children are going to communicate to you or I one way or the other. But anyways, that's what was happening with that little boy that day. He began to believe, I have to fix this. So he tried. He was a better boy. He did better at school. He did better at home. But not long after that, his mom and dad ended up divorcing, and his mommy moved off, and he's 15 years old, and he's rarely ever seen his mommy. And so that little boy thought one day about that, and he realized, I wasn't able to stop it. If, you know, he, he began to believe that he was a failure. I tried. I couldn't stop it. I'm a failure. And so as a result of believing he was a failure, he began to give up. Why even try? His grades dropped. He got further behind in school. He had a bad chip on his shoulder. And he was in trouble all of the time. He also took drugs and alcohol to try to numb the pain. That was what was going on with that 15-year-old boy. But something happened at the end of that session that really, really was an eye-opening experience for me. Um, At the end of the session, his therapist says to me, or to to the young man. She said, you know, I just don't understand something. She said, the teachers always complain that you say you don't care all the time, and you don't, and you're not motivated, and you don't do anything. But she said, you're constantly doing things for me. She said, you are the first one to help in the after-school program. Ask if you can sweep the floors. Ask if you can put the chairs up. She said, you're always doing that for me, and I don't understand that. And it dawned on me, it clicked in my head, it's because she was pulling weeds from his garden. She didn't even realize it, but she was speaking to that seed, right? I'm a failure. And she was constantly saying, you can do it, you can do it. One of the things I didn't mention at the very beginning of that session, she started off by introducing me to the young man and she explained to him what I was going to do. And she kept saying to him, To me, with him in in the presence, in my presence, she kept saying, "He is such a good kid. He, I I see his potential. He is such a good kid." So all that coming together made me realize she's constantly pulling weeds with her words. Um, Not long after that, I began to notice a pattern with this, and I had a lady in my office, and she was sharing with me in a random conversation about her son-in-law and how he had told her once in a random com- conversation how when he was a four-year-old little boy, ironically four, um, he had remembered a fight in the family, and his daddy had left um, very angry and died in a crash. And the little boy, had a log- in a logical conclusion, he blamed himself that is, for his dad's death. Well, at the age of 12, several years later, um, he must have said something that clued his sister in. I don't know what it was, but his sister caught on to what he said and said, wait a second, that wasn't your fault. Dad didn't die because of you. Mom and him got into a big fight. And as a matter of fact, mom tried to get him not to leave and he left anyway. That wasn't your fault. And in one moment, that little boy's guilt that he had carried from the ages of four to 12 completely left. Can you imagine the weeds he had in his garden from believing that his daddy died because of him? That happens that's real. It happens every day. I need to catch up here. Okay. So as I began to watch these seed digging sessions and just conversations with people unfold, I began to realize that you can actually listen and children will tell you what their seeds are. It's really interesting. Have you ever seen a kid get mad at you at home and say, you don't care about me. Nobody loves me. They're telling you what their seed is. Uh, If you're a teacher at school or if you work in the the church and you have a child in your class that gets mad at somebody and slams maybe his books down or slams his paper down and says, no one cares about me. He's telling you what his seed is. So one of the things you want to do is be mindful of that. Go above and beyond and speak to that need behind the deed and pull the weed. Statistics say it takes 10 positive statements for, to, to correct a negative statement. That's what you're doing. You're just speaking and pulling weeds. You don't always have to have seed digging sessions like me, a counselor, to pull weeds from a child's garden. Keep speaking. Um, take little sticky notes. If you're a church worker or a teacher or a parent, take a little sticky note and just say things like, you are so important. Or I love you, and I just want to make sure you know that. Everywhere they go. If a child says he's stupid, I just want to make sure you know how smart you are. Say the opposite. Surprise them. Go above and beyond to speak truth to that child. Because what you're doing is you're speaking life into them. And that's just literally why it works, okay? Um, another thing you can do is begin to watch the, their behaviors. And they will show you what's going on. Um, Children project their feelings onto other people. A lot of adults do that too. But children project their feelings, what they're feeling inside, and play it out. Um, Let me give you an example. Um, I had a a teenage girl who came to me, and she she had a lot of depression and anxiety issues, but one of her biggest issues was socially people didn't want to really be around her. She was beautiful. She was athletic. She was very smart. But she was constantly trying to one-up everybody. And her actions and her verbiage was that I'm better than you. You know, you're not any good. I'm better than you. When we got to the root, we dug to find the seed that was driving that behavior. It was that she believed she wasn't good enough. Um, she shared a scene with me of when she was a little girl. And her older brother and her had, had a test apparently the same day. And they both brought the test results home to mommy and daddy. And her older brother got a really good score. She didn't. So the mommy and daddy do what mommy and daddies do, right? We praise the score. Yay, that's awesome. But what she remembers in that scenario is, my scores aren't good enough. My test grade wasn't good enough, so I'm not good enough. Because kids have a logical thinking. Sometimes they think they are what they do. I'm not good enough. The seed got planted, and then what did she begin to do? She was set out to prove that she was better. She could do it. She was good enough. And in a lot of ways, she had made herself a better athlete, But the problem was she was trying to meet a need that she wasn't good enough. So children will show you what's going on. Watch their behaviors. Another thing, um, think about the bullies. You know, a bully uses a lot of fear tactics, right? And you're stupid. You're not any good. Nobody loves you. What do you think is going on there? They're telling you what they feel inside. They're scared. They're probably being bullied at home or abused or could be anything, but they're showing you what's going on. Be very mindful of that and overcorrect. I don't even know if overcorrect's the correct word. Speak life into them. Um, be aware of the child's background and speak life with positive statements to the child. You may not know what the seed is. They may not manifest it. You may just see behaviors where children shut down. They don't talk, but they cry a lot. Think about the basics that we need as humans. We need to know we're loved. We're accepted. We're needed, we're valued, we're important. Start speaking those things when you don't know what else to do. Keep speaking those things into the life of those children. You'd be amazed at how many weeds you can pull. Here's a classical sad seed list. I wanted to put that in your your little packet because this is really important. I see this a lot when I'm digging with children. Um, some of these are, I mean, this happens in trauma memories and non-traumatic memories. It's really interesting. You can have children who have had very traumatic backgrounds, very traumatic backgrounds, that if you look at their garden, they have weeds that are just a little bit high, this high, right? And you have children like the 15 year old, or I mean the teenage girl I was talking about a few minutes ago that had lots of weeds in her garden, right? She did not have a traumatic background according to what we might view as traumatic, Trauma is subjective to each person. To that child, she really felt that way, right? She really felt she wasn't good enough, and so she acted on it. So to her, that was pretty intense. So that happens a lot. These seeds happen quite often. You can watch, and many times you can see a child say this, or, or they will say this, or they'll act on this. Just keep speaking the opposite. Okay, how to help plant happy seeds and pull weeds in a child's garden. I I love this clip from the movie, The Help. Absolutely love it. Because this little girl is being raised, this young little girl is being raised in an environment with a very young and immature mother who is trying to keep up with the Joneses. She's trying to be better, probably from her own weeds, right? And this wonderful, precious nanny either consciously or subconsciously catches on to what's happening. And so she starts speaking life into that child every chance she gets. And this little girl, you watch the way the mom responds to the child. And I just can imagine the seeds that are getting planted into that little girl. Not good enough, not pretty enough, you know, overweight. So I want to play this clip, and I want you to begin to watch what she does. Can you, oh, sorry about that. Could you um, make that bigger, or do I need to do that? Sorry about that. Let me make this bigger. Help. You <laughs> you Could you rewind important. it too, please? Okay. You are smart. You are kind. You are, you are Oh, they're so good. <laughs> Well, I think you get the gist of it. (laughs) She's constantly telling her how smart she is, how kind she is, how important she is. And she does that every opportunity that she gets. And that's what I'm talking about. We have to do those things. And you can pull weeds from children's gardens simply by doing that. (laughs) Thank you. Okay, once again, statistics say it takes 10 statements, positive statements, um, to counteract one negative statement. So some of these kids that have lots of weeds in their garden, we have to continue speaking truth and life into them. Um, Just reiterating, watch their behaviors and counteract the classical sad seeds with positive words and actions. Help children separate the garden from the weeds. Children cannot always logically do this. If they do something bad, they may quickly assume... They are bad. This is very, very important for y'all to understand. Um, society has this understood, I guess, belief that you're good when you when you do things. Like if you work and you're successful and you have a good job, you're good. If you're lazy, you don't do anything right, you're bad, right? It's kind of an understood belief. It's really a judgment is what it is. It teaches us to judge. Well, children are no different except for their brains can't logically separate the two. And so they begin to see the, go- the weeds and not the garden. I am the weed, right? No, we're all gardens, but we all have weeds and flowers. So we have to begin to separate the behaviors from the child. When you say things like, you weren't very good today, and we're, several of us may have been guilty of that. I used to be guilty of that. Children that cannot, I mean, they cannot logically separate the two. So what do you think they may be thinking? Look at your classical sad seed list. I'm bad, right? So we have to begin to separate the two. You know, your behaviors weren't very kind today, you know, but you're a wonderful kid. Yeah, you hit him upside the back of the head, and that's not good, and you got to sit in time out for that, but we got to teach your hands to not hit. You're a good boy. You have to help them separate. The weeds from the flowers. And I know in a real life scenario, in the heat of the moment, when you're watching your children and one smacks the other upside the head, you're not always going to remember to stop and do it the correct way. But this is things that you want to begin to just put in the back of your mind. Seeds that I'm planting in your mind so that you can remember. Separate the garden from the weeds. Children are not the weeds. The pro- their behaviors are the problem, right? Their behaviors are the weeds. The child's not the problem. Got to remember to get that another thing is children will communicate their needs one way or another they do not have the same vocabulary that that we have help give them a voice we're going to talk about that i'm going to read this quote i absolutely love this quote misbehavior in children is an attempt to communicate when all else has failed children have a drive to love other people and be a contribution to the people around them. It is time for all children to be recognized as the magnificent people they are and accorded the dignity and respect that is due every human being. We must establish a new way of seeing children. And that is so true, really. Guys, children are little people. They just don't understand and they miss piece information together. So we have to help them and we do it in love. And there's lots of societal norms out there that I'm just learning that we have to sometimes undo, and it's okay. They can still be disciplined in love and, and grow up to be have wonderful gardens with fewer weeds, right? <laughs> Just a few. All right. How do I give a child a voice? Listen to them. Don't be quick to react. Um, one of the seeds I see a lot of times planted in children's lives is the one that no one cares what I think. <laughs> so, therefore... No one cares about me, right? They piece it together. can't tell you how many times I'll go back to a memory and a child is sitting there and the mom's telling them this, this, and this, and this, and the child's trying to say what they need to say. Whether they were right or wrong really is irrelevant. They want to say something and the mom's like, hush, (laughs) go to timeout, do this, whatever. You know, we do that. And they have something to say and they need to say it. Imagine for a second that you're in Russia and you just speak a little bit of the Russian language, and um, you're driving down the road, and you have a deadline. You have to be at this place in just a few minutes, and you realize you took a wrong turn, and you don't really understand the street signs, but you do a U-turn, and you start the other direction. Well, the cop sees you, and so he pulls you over, and he happens to just speak a little bit of English. So you can imagine where our situation is going here. You're sitting there trying to explain to the cop. I have to be here, and I don't understand. And yes, I did make a U-turn. You're right; I shouldn't have done that, but I've got to get here. And, and, and you're trying to explain, and the cop is telling you, "You made, you know, you you um, broke the law. You're going to get a ticket." And he's kind of yelling at you, and you're just sitting there saying, "Oh my gosh, he doesn't hear anything I'm saying." And that happens all the time with our children. Yes, they made a mistake. They have some, you know, they get disciplined for that, but give them a chance to at least say something, okay? And we're going to talk about different ways to do that. Help them get that frustration out. Reflect the child's feelings. Once again, you're not always going to know what the child's language is. You're not always going to know what they're telling you or what they're trying to tell you, but if you can just say, I can see you're really angry, let them talk, let them say something. And then, I can see you're really angry. But you hit your brother upside the head, and that's not okay. So you're going to have to sit in time out for that, or, you know, whatever your discipline is. Um, but I, I can see you are really angry. Well, imagine that child. Sometimes, once again, they don't even know what they want to say. It's back there subconsciously, but they're mad and they're angry by just saying, I can see you're really angry. <sighs> well, at least they heard some of it, right? At least they, she understands me a little bit. So you've got this frustration level that just went down a couple of notches because you said... I can see you're really angry. Reflect the feeling. You would be amazed at how much power it is in that just reflecting the feeling. Use I need statements. This is a great one. Um, you know, we have a tendency to say, you need to do this, you need to do that. And it's almost like the understood you, or the understood finger right there in your forehead. You need to take the trash out. You need to clean your room, right? And so, by just saying... I need for you to clean your room. You know, I've asked you to do it for several days now. I really need you to clean your room. And we'll talk about consequences a little bit and how that looks, but just changing the verbiage from you need to I need, it's almost like you're taking the finger out of their forehead. You'd be amazed at how that also brings the situation down, de-escalates the emotions, okay? Give them options. Options empower us, and they empower children. Um, We don't want our children... Growing up, not learning how to make decisions. So help them. Give them options. If you do this, this is going to happen. Or instead of doing this, why don't you try this? You know, teach them. Model for them how to make proper, appropriate choices. Okay? Okay. A couple of examples. Um, if a child is angry at another child and won't stop bothering her, a positive statement could be, I can see you are upset with Carrie. You're reflecting, I can see you're upset with Carrie, but I need for you to stop making faces at her because I don't want to take your star away for the day. There's one option, right? Stop it or I'm taking your star away. And then you go on to say, maybe you could write her a letter tonight to let you know how it made you feel, to let her know how it made you feel. You know, give them options. It's okay, we don't have to fit the mold of it's black or white every time. You know, sometimes we have to kind of undo that societal norm. It's okay to give them options. A negative statement, imagine if that child's had a grumpy day. seen this before too, guys. Classroom teacher has a child in class that's just off the wall all day long, just driving everybody bananas, and she's so frustrated with him. He's making faces, he's hitting kids, but the night before he was abused. Of course, he's going to be off the walls. And so those are the things that it's hard to see sometimes what the need behind the deed is. We see the weed, the weeds. And so you want to be mindful of that. So if you say to that child, you better stop making faces at Carrie or you're going to lose your star for the day. (laughs) That belief that no one cares about me that he may have gotten last night when being abused probably just got watered a little bit. Can you imagine? I don't know how to tell you what I need to say, but I'm sad, I'm angry, and I'm hurting. So I'm acting out. So your word choices, you would be amazed at what that can do. Um, Another example, a child is bullying the other children and laughing when they mess up. A positive statement could be, you really are an important person. And I really need you to not laugh at the other kids because they are important too. If you find a funny book or hear a funny joke, I would love for you to share it with me later. I really enjoy funny things too. Honestly, it doesn't always have to be discipline, time out. Positive choices, you'd be amazed at how many kids will veer because they heard, wait a second, somebody thinks I'm important, right? The subconscious feeling is, I don't matter, so I'm taking it out on everybody else. Nobody loves me. And you're saying, listen, you're an important kid. I think you're awesome. But I really don't need you making fun of the other kids because they're pretty important too. So why don't, listen, you, you like to be funny. You're a funny guy. The next time you find a funny book, bring it to me and let's talk about it. You'd be amazed at what that does for a kid that doesn't get any attention at home and doesn't feel loved and valued, okay? Be careful not to plant sad seeds in a child's garden. One thing I want to make sure I stress right now, please do not feel guilty. Some of you may be having guilty feelings of, oh my gosh, the things that I've done to my children, okay? I want you to hear me. We go forward when we learn things. We can't always go back. But your words bring life. You can continue to to speak life And we're all, we're learning this. You know, Alan's taught me so much of this. We're learning these things, so we go forward. If you look back and you see weeds in your children's gardens for maybe things that you've done, don't beat yourself up, okay? In the moment, you did the best that you knew how. And you're important, too. And God loves you. So don't beat yourself up. Forgive yourself and realize you have an opportunity to go forward, speak life into your child's garden, okay? Um, Try to see the garden. And not just the weeds. Remember, children are the gardens, not the weeds. Um, an example could be, um, or let me say this. The behaviors are the problem, not the child. Separate the child from their actions when disciplining them. An example could be, you're a wonderful boy, but your hands weren't made for hitting. I need you to sit in out so we can help teach your hands to be kind. Because let me tell you, a child, many times, when you tell them you're bad for hitting, you know, once again, I'm a bad boy. You know, my hands are bad, so I'm bad. So you have to be careful, too, in that. But the whole point is separate the child from the action. And I don't even have that perfected yet. But I just know if you separate the two, you'll make a big difference. And if you think you've done it wrong, tell the child. I just want to make sure you understand that you're loved and you're valued, even if you discipline them wrong that day. Constantly speak life into them. Okay, power of a teacher. Once again, regardless of what role you're in, school, home, um, church, we are teachers and we are role models, and everything we do makes a difference and can impact a child's life. Everyone needs a bigger, stronger, wiser, and kinder person. Um, It's very much my beliefs that God is that bigger, wiser, stronger, wiser person. He's the constant in our life that will never go away, isn't going to die, isn't going to leave, He's always going to be there, and that's where our lifeline has to be drawn, right? And when we grow up, we become codependent with our parents, and then the goal is that we learn to live and become codependent with him, right? That's my beliefs. So what happens many times is children, you know, they look for that model, and they become codependent. And they they look for things to make them feel better, to meet those needs behind the deed, right? They're looking for drugs and alcohol to make me feel better. They're looking for daddy to make me feel better, but daddy never comes around. They're always trying to meet that need. So sometimes you have to be the role model and the bigger, stronger, wiser, kinder person for them so that they can see what the relationship is like. I've worked with so many people. When you get them to that place of truth, they're so afraid, so afraid to hear from truth, from God because of how that's been painted so sometimes you have to be that loving kind person and model that and as a teacher in class you never know when you're going to be like the miss thompson the only positive model role model in that child's life so we've got to take that opportunity um, because many kids simply do not have it i want to tell you a, a little story that really impacted me um, i had a principal friend who was sharing with me i had done this presentation in a school and. He was sharing with me how, in, when he was a principal in southern Arkansas, he had a counselor friend, or a counselor down the hall called him and said, you have got to come here and read this journal. You have got to read what this kid put, what this kid wrote down. And what was in the journal was this teenage girl had said, I have thought about killing myself, and literally on four occasions went home to kill myself. And the only reason I didn't was because I knew my English teacher was going to miss me. And when he found out what that English teacher was doing, this was it. He was literally making sure it was a point every day that he acknowledged every child that walked through his class. That was it. He said that for the, for the guys, they'd walk in their cl- the class, and he'd pat them on the back and say, how are you doing? Make eye contact. The girls, you know, he'd, um, he'd do the same thing. How are you doing? He always made it a point to, in, to single them out, And ask how they were doing. That was all he did. And that little girl realized she had someone in her life that cared and kept her from taking her life. We never know how powerful our words and our actions can be. I want to end on a little story, the starfish story. You guys have probably heard that story before, but this one kind of has a little spin on it. And so I've made this one of my new favorite stories. So I'm going to read that to you and then we're going to finish. A young girl was walking along a beach upon which thousands of starfish had been washed up during a terrible storm. When she came to each starfish, she would pick it up and throw it back into the ocean. People watched her with amusement. She'd been doing this for some time when a man approached her and said, Little girl, why are you doing this? Look at this beach. You can't save all these starfish. You can't begin to make a difference. The girl seemed crushed, suddenly deflated. But after a few moments, she bent down, picked up another starfish, and hurled it as far as she could into the ocean. Then she looked up at the man and replied, Well, I made a difference to that one. The old man looked at the girl inquisitively and thought about what she had done and said, Inspired, he joined the little girl and throwing the starfish back into the ocean. Soon others joined, and all the starfish were saved. You know, it starts with a belief, doesn't it? We have to believe that we can do that. And I go back to every one of you in this room are amazing, loved, valued, important people. And it really just starts with you realizing how amazing and how important you are. And when we get that concept, we begin to teach our children that concept through our actions and our words. So I want to end on that. Thank you all.